May the spirit of the living Christ burn in our hearts and fill us with love. Amen. Please be seated. Sometimes people do other things on Sunday morning other than go to church. I saw about 750 of them go do something else this morning. The dipsy race began. But they do something else because sometimes they find that the stories in Holy Scripture are very confusing and very outrageous. And to your friends who have those thoughts, I commend them for reading closely. It is confusing, and it's full of outrageous stories. And these outrageous stories have a purpose. And that purpose is best expressed by the British theologian John Whale, who says the Gospels do not explain the resurrection. The resurrection explains the Gospels. So by that he means it's not that they wrote the stories to explain what was to come, but rather people had this powerful transforming experience and they tried to make sense of it. And they try to make sense of it because it is out of this world. So just like any powerful experience in our lives, like when we fall in love, have you ever asked a couple who have been together for a while, say, well, how did you meet and how did you fall in love? You get two totally different stories. It's like that with the resurrection. When you actually experience God's love and feel the spirit inside your heart, try to explain that day. Try to explain it. That's what the disciples were trying to do with this Pentecost story. And we call it Pentecost because that's the Greek word for the end of the, the 50 days following Passover. It's the end of the festival of weeks. It's the end of the grain harvest. So you can think of it as an ancient Jewish Thanksgiving. So it's a great festival. And the disciples are gathered. And it doesn't say where they are gathered. They just say it's that they are gathered. It may be the marketplace. It may be a public, you know, what we would consider the ancient version of a public park. But there are a lot of people there, and they're full of festivities. And all of a sudden, they hear this rush of a violent wind. And you think, now what would a violent wind be like in Jerusalem? The violent wind that people understand in Jerusalem probably has something to do like those violent winds that shift the sands. It's this wind that changes the landscape of everything. So they feel and hear a violent wind, and then lo and behold, there's, it's like there's flames coming out of their heads, and they're on fire. And next thing you know, they're speaking to all kinds of people about the wonders and powers of God. They're not speaking about the resurrection of Jesus. They're speaking about the wonders and powers of God. And they're t telling everybody, this is a very unusual thing to do. This is a culture and a time that's very tribal. And particularly the Jews of Jerusalem are very tribal. They don't even want to associate with those Jews from Samaria. These are people, this is not the age of interfaith dialogue. This is not the age of the United Religions Initiative. This is not even the age of the ethnic dance festival. These people very much hold to themselves. And the only time they talk to someone from another race or culture is for commerce or war. It's the only two reasons you would talk. The Jews obviously had, they had strict rules against intermarriage into other cultures, bringing in foreign wives. 
these were very isolated and now something happened and they burst forth telling the glories of God to everyone that's pretty amazing shift cultural shift what's come into these people so that's one story of falling in love the other story which I'm very compelled by and which I want to thank Pittman McGee for for sharing his insight in John for me and that's the story of a few days after the crucifixion and the disciples are locked up in a room and it says in the Gospels they were locked for fear of the Jews and I know some churches like to shift that language because they don't want it to be anti-semitic in some way but I tell you those disciples were afraid of all the Jews all the Jews and all the people who saw them following Jesus all those people who were healed and and touched by Jesus the disciples were the leaders around Jesus so everyone looked to them for leadership and guidance and look what they did they turned their backs they denied and they betrayed Jesus the one that healed that that to the masses healed them spoke to them loved them cared for them touched them and those disciples let him die those disciples denied him those disciples did not go out of their way to save him in any way whatsoever you bet those disciples are locked away in a room because they are afraid they're afraid of everybody they barely can look at themselves because they have done what they thought that they could never conceive of doing and that's betraying their dearest friend they left their fishing boats and their nets to follow Jesus the tax collector Matthew left his job to follow Jesus these people left everything and not only so it's not only have they turned their back on Jesus but they have turned their back on everything they loved how do you think that makes them feel how are they locked up in that room four days later they are entombed themselves they are entombed by their own fear they are entombed by their own guilt they cannot reach out they cannot step out they are out of community they are cut off and they're terrified so there's they're there in that room wondering what in the world are we going to do who are we going to turn to how can we even face each other Jesus appears now that's not the miracle Jesus rising from the dead is not the big miracle of this story Jesus raised Lazarus he's raised he, he could raise people from the dead clearly this man was of God they knew that they son of God Messiah the fact that he showed up is not the miracle this is God they know that they're shivering in their boots oh my God because they are a people from a tradition where in Exodus 33 where God is asking them to cross the desert but God says you cross the desert but I'm not going to go with you because you are such a stiff-necked people I would consume you if I traveled with you God knows that these are stiff-necked people God knows these people betray him God knows they drop the ball and over and over again in the scriptures that the disciples knew they knew that they should be afraid of seeing God face to face people didn't survive seeing God face to face not even the prophets you had to be very chosen to even hear the voice of God and here is Jesus alive and with them oh my God and what does he do 
breathes on them. Have you ever noticed when someone's really happy to see you, they go, hi, hi. They breathe. You exhale in joy. You inhale in fear. But Jesus breathes on them. Hello. God be with you. We're accepted. It's okay. And Jesus says, your your sins are forgiven. I know you betrayed me. There's more work to be done. We have more to do. This love of God is much bigger than you think. You are forgiven. Go out and tell others of the wonder of God's works. Go out and forgive others. It's a marvelous, marvelous moment. Because you know, in every one of our lives, when we've experienced extreme pain, now the disciples experienced that pain of betrayal. They experienced that pain of fear and turning their backs on friends. But any of us experience a pain. Maybe you've really gone hungry in your life. Maybe you've really lost a job and been at the wit's end about that. Maybe you've been very depressed. Maybe whatever pain you've experienced, if you've come back from that pain, if God has healed you from that pain, that's where you serve and that's where you minister. You've experienced alcoholism in your family. Chances are you're glad your church has AA meetings. You experience hunger in your life. You're the first one to sign up for the soup kitchen. That's the way the Christian spirit imbues us with hope and help. When we are forgiven, when, we are, when God has been forgiving us life, forgiving us life, then we go out and give life to others in God's name. That's what that day in the room was about. Go give life. I'm giving you life. I am forgiving you life. Give life to others. And I will give you life to the end of the ages. And I will be with you always. That's the Christian spirit. That's what we're here for. That's why we, that's why we come to church on Sunday mornings. Because we know that's present. We know that strength of the spirit. We know that God's touch is with us in that kind of healing. And we come to say thank you. Thank you. And as we break the bread and share the wine, we say thank you and we remember that the miracle is that Christ gave us life. Even when we didn't deserve it, even when we denied him, turned our backs, we're afraid. We were given life. It's the Christian spirit and it's the Christian mission to give life. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for millvalley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.